Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome aboard another great episode of the Swing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me is co-host Ward Carroll, our special guest from the Capital Gazette newspaper, Bill Wagner, and Chris Cervello is our producer. What a great week for Navy men's basketball. They have Lehigh and Army. This is not the star game against Army, but it's still the CBS telecast. A uh, big game against Army where we always want to sing second. That's on Saturday. So in light of this men's basketball heavy week, we've got the men's basketball heavy pod. We're going to bring you the women's pod on Friday before the Army games on Saturday. But here on this, as we release this on Wednesday, this is our review and preview of men's basketball before we get into it and we'll, we're going to be bringing you ed DeCellis and greg summers just back from his hamstring injury but before we get into that let's get into what the week was uh here for navy sports in addition to the basketball programs which we'll get into in a little bit more detail squash this past week uh they defeated hamilton college 9-0 and then they also lost to the number 24 ranked Middlebury College Squashers, six to three. Uh, wrestling uh, lost to number seven, number 17 Lehigh, 24 to nine. And then they turned right around and defeated Hofstra, 35 to six. Kerry Kolatz guys getting a couple of good results. Men's track and field defeated Princeton, while l- women's track and field lost to Princeton. A lot of the other teams are idle, but as we get into February, we are going to be bringing them to you hot and heavy, um, including basketball. So, um, Bill Wagner, you know, before we talk to Greg Summers and Ed DeCellis, let's break down uh, what happened the last time or since we last uh, talked to the listeners here. You, Ward, and I were present for what looked to be an absolute aberration against Colgate, a 19-point beatdown at home where not a single player scored in double digits. Um, John Carter Jr. only took four shots. It was just an absolute show. And then an Ed DeCellis coach team gets to turn right around, go on a tough roadie up to BU and win, which they did. So walk me through this whole thing, because we heard Mike Heary say it on the last podcast, which was, hey, the only way this team loses is if everybody plays poorly. Everyone, to a man, does not play well, and it all seems to happen at the same time. Well, it seemed to happen against Colgate, right? Yeah, that was an aberration, John. I really don't know where it came from. In fact, that's the first question I asked Coach Tuchelis after that game when the postgame press rush. Where, where did that come from? And he he said, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who that team was. They were, they were imposters. Um, it's the only slip-up Navy's really had this season. They played hard with tons of effort and energy uh, in almost every game, even those that they've lost to the likes of Louisville and some other top opponents like Virginia Tech. But um, I guess every now and again you have one of those, just a complete dud, and you are right. Nobody played well. Maybe it was – you know, the fourth game without Greg Summers and they've been picking up the slack for Greg and maybe it just kind of all came crashing down in that contest. Colgate played very well. You got to give them credit. They came into Alumni Hall and played outstanding. They got after Navy on the defensive end. They were making shots on the other on the offensive end. They just played very well. But uh, it, it was not the Navy team we've been accustomed to seeing all season. And that's why it was very encouraging because Ed was he was worried. Uh, coming off that result, knowing he had a very short turnaround, had to take a long uh, trip up to Boston University for the Sunday contest a matinee. And, you know, he knew Boston was going to be out for revenge because Navy had beaten Boston already here in Annapolis. So 
Uh, he was a little concerned about that turnaround in a road game, long distance, and a team that wanted to avenge an earlier loss. And so that was a very encouraging result up there at Case Gymnasium for Navy to sweep Boston. They sweep the series, season series from Boston. And you know, obviously we know Greg Summers returned to the lineup and contributed. He came off the bench. Uh, but uh, great games all around for a lot of people. I mean, the bench, for the most part, <laughs> I, I I was the jinx. I, I had to go and write a, a glowing story about the Navy bench and how great the contributions have been. And then in that cold game, the bench was terrible, did nothing. Um, but for the most part, bench has been awesome and uh, more tremendous production out of the bench at the uh, Colgate game with Pat Dorsey and Tyler Nelson leading the way offensively. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Jalen Walker, uh, Pat Dorsey and Jalen Walker leading the way coming off the bench. Uh, for the most part, I think you're going to get a good effort out of Navy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle another midweek home game here against Lehigh with Army looming on Saturday. Um, you got to take care of business with Lehigh before you start thinking about the Black Knights. Yeah, Wags, you just framed it exactly what I was going to say, which is the, the test this week will be Lehigh um, with respect to how what's the op tempo of a midweek game versus any other game that they're they're playing that let's use the word aberration for Colgate that seems right um it wasn't the Navy team that we've uh, grown to love this year but Lehigh will show whether that is in fact true and uh it'll also set the tone for the balance of the season you know if we if we come in with the swagger and the prep and everything else that we bring when the beams are crossing and the planets are aligned, uh, then we have the potential to win the Patriot League and go on to the NCAA tournament, et cetera. The kind of things that this team believes it's capable of and that we, having watched them at close range, believe they're capable of. There is no better salve for losing uh, for the men's basketball team, quite like that trip up to BU. 2014-15 is the last time that we lost to BU in Boston. In fact, on February 4th, 2015, that was the last time that we lost at BU. They, they got stuck up in Boston, so it delayed them coming back. So they're going into Lehigh with you know, a little bit less prep. Um, and uh, so we'll see how this plays out. Uh, Coach is already concerned about midweek games as a function of what happened against Colgate, and now they are, let's just, maybe it overstates it to say behind the eight ball, but they are playing a little bit of catch-up here going into to tomorrow night's game. It's going to be a great conversation with uh, Greg Summers and Ed DeCellis about uh, the challenges facing them uh, this week. I misspoke before. Uh, Lehigh is not well. Technically, they're they're the uh, they're the third seed uh, right now. Navy is sitting at the very top of the conference, along with Loyal at five and one. Uh, and then I guess in a tie for third uh, would be Army and Lehigh, both sitting at four and two. So you know, right now. Um, Navy plays two of the other teams in the top four of the conference here in the next four days. Uh, so we talk about white space. It would be really, really nice to get some white space between us and Lehigh and particularly Army, knowing uh, how important that win always is. So uh, let's find out how we're going to do it. We'll talk to Greg Summers and Ed DeCellis right after this break. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. The Sing Second Sports podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. Whether it's the burger of the day in an old fashioned or a Cabernet and their Cuban sandwich, which is my favorite, be sure to check out both locations when you come to town to catch a basketball game or lacrosse game here this winter and fall. That's Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis. Now back to the pod. All right, everyone, we are back uh, at the Sing Second Sports Podcast here. Awesome to be joined here on our athlete segment by senior six foot four guard from Florida, Greg Summers. 
Uh, we just got Greg back, and just at the right time, too. Uh, he had missed the previous three games. Uh, comes back with a vengeance to score nine big points in a tough roadie up in Boston um, after dealing with the hamstring issue. Uh, unquestionably a key part of this team as they make a march through the Patriot League this year. First and foremost, Greg, thank you very much for joining us. Secondly, how is your hamstring feeling and what was it like to be back out there competing the other night? Uh, my hamstring's feeling, uh, honestly, a lot better, pretty much back to normal. I've been doing a, a lot of treatment um, with our trainer, just getting out on the court. Um, lateral um, movement is, is key, a lot of jumping. Um, but honestly, it felt great to be back on the court with the guys. It's probably one of my – it is one of my favorite things, just to be able to compete with my brothers um, and just get a win, like you said, on the road. Yeah, you'd have to – you had to watch the last few. And, and I know that there is a big highlight in there for you that during one of those games where you had to watch, in fact, I think it was the homer against BU – you got to see your brother score his first points. Uh, but what was it like there, you know, to miss that time during a very crucial period at the beginning of the Patriot League slate? Uh, walk us through how that affected you and what perspective it gave you as you're now back and you're going through a tough part of the schedule. Well, first off, being able to watch uh, is a completely – you see so much more of the game when you're you're sitting on the sideline and watching everything unfold, especially when um, you see what we go through in practice and what we're looking to execute and um, and also stop from the other team. So um, watching the guys play and perform, um, it was it was really it was really good to see like guys like John, Tyler, Pat, um, like really get out there and defend and also um, play the game that they play offensively. Hey, Greg, um, you've been asked to play some point guard this year. In fact, that's where you started for the beginning of the season until you suffered the ham and string injury. What kind of adjustment has that been for you to go from playing off the ball to having to initiate the offense and all of what playing point guard entails? Right. Um, so I, I played point guard pretty much all of high school. And then coming here, I did move to the, to the wing spot. Um, when I had to play point guard more at the end of last year with Cam being out uh, because of the, uh, the COVID protocol. Um, I, I stepped into the position. I was pretty comfortable um, playing the point guard spot at that point. And I knew there was a role that I would have to step into with guys being injured um, at the beginning of this year as well. So um, like I was saying, I'm, I, I've been pretty comfortable playing the spot and it hasn't been too much of an, an adjustment, but um, wherever the coaches need me, if they need me playing point guard, if they need me playing on the wing, whatever it may be, I, um, I'm more than happy to do so and, and go and play with the best of my ability. So obviously Lehigh is the next game, and that's the most important game. But looming here on the weekend is big Army-Navy showdown. Um, I don't want to look have you look ahead at the Saturday game, but can you talk in general terms about what that Army-Navy game is like, the atmosphere? You, you played in Army-Navy games both at Alumni Hall in Annapolis and uh, up there at Crystal Arena in West Point. And uh, you've got two more left in your career. Can you talk about the Army-Navy rivalry and how much it excites you to be part of it? It honestly is one of my favorite games that I've played in. Um, playing at UVA um, in the John Paul Jones Arena is probably one of the uh, biggest games as well. But comparing that to the Army-Navy game, it's just completely different. The atmosphere, the energy, there's just a totally different energy that you feel stepping onto the court, um, whether you're at Army or here at home. Um, playing them um, the last time we actually played at army um, it was a really close game I think it went into overtime um, extremely exciting game we didn't pull off the win but um, that atmosphere just in general is something that um, I, I honestly will never forget so I'm looking forward to um, finishing out and actually playing these last two um, games that I have the opportunity to play and um, looking forward to in those with a win and then last for me, before I pass it off to our partner, Ward Carroll, I'll give you a couple questions. One of the things that's impressed us the most about this team has been the depth, the uh, how the, so many guys are contributing. And, you know, your absence, uh, and I believe you were out for four games, wasn't it? Yes. And I believe Navy went three and one in those games. Is that correct? We did. We did. Right. So uh, the fact that they can survive losing the starting point guard tells you a little bit about the depth of this club. 
Um, and I didn't take a look at the box score, but I believe the most recent game is the first time all season that Navy's had its entire complement of players available. Is that correct? It has been. Yep. Right. For sure. So can you talk about that? I mean, you got Dorsey back now. He's winding into shape. Austin Inge is, you know, now getting healthy. You're back. I mean, can you talk about the depth of this team and how many people you can draw upon? I mean, you know, whenever someone go, has an off night or gets into foul trouble, it's, it's, there's people to can pick up the slack. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I fully believe that every single one of the guys on our team is more than capable of going out and um, locking into the game plan that we need to have and producing a win for us, um, whether it's the starters or the guys coming off the bench. And um, like you mentioned, having Patrick Dorsey back, Austin Inch stepping up and, and playing a huge role um, in the point guard spot, um, but also playing with everybody back against Boston. It, it was really fun. It, it reminded me of how preseason was before the injuries occurred and uh, the amount of fun that we had playing out there together. And a big portion of our team is actually juniors. So having those guys, those junior um, experienced guards and big men um, playing for us and um, stepping up into those roles is huge for us. And I think that our depth is going to carry us a long way um, in this season. Ward? Oh, hey, Greg. It's good to hear you're back and uh, look forward to watching you on the court again. So as you said, you're sort of thinking about the end. I know it's a little premature to think about the end of your intercollegiate basketball career, but let me ask you to think about your time as a mid and what it's meant to you and what you think is going to happen after this. Yeah. So honestly, I've been asked this a few times, um, but looking back at these past few years, even going into naps, I want to change a thing. I've grown a lot um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, um, physically going into, into naps, gained about 20 pounds, which is probably one of the biggest things for me coming in as a, as a freshman. Um, to play here. Um, but I've been challenged every single day that I've been here and I've met the guys on my team. They're my brothers, the closest friends that I have. So, um, with all that, in, uh, taking that all into consideration, um, I, I love the, the atmosphere, love the coaching staff, love this place as a whole. Yeah, it's been challenging, but, um, it's definitely rewarding. And so moving forward, um, I selected Marine ground, um, as my service selection, looking forward to doing that, um, uh, upon graduation and commissioning. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things to look ahead to. Um, but at the same time and really locked in and focused on this season and, um, looking to win that Patriot league championship. Fair enough. Do you have a TBS date yet? Do you know? No, we actually found out that we will be hearing about that in mid February when we will be heading over there. And are you going to go infantry or what, what's your MOS druthers? Uh, I'm not exactly too interested in the infantry side. I'm, I'm more looking towards like the SIGINT, the comms, the cyber side, um, those type of things. Okay. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that's it. That's it for my questions. Again, look forward to, uh, to seeing you on the court tomorrow night and, and then most specifically, as Wags was talking about on, on Saturday, that should be a good game. Yes, sir. Thank you. So, Greg, before we go out, let me ask you, um, the sky is the limit. You know, we were talking to color commentator Mike Keery a couple of times about, you know, where this team is and how far they can go and the aforementioned depth that Wags brought up. You know, from where you're sitting, you know, what's a reasonable goal the rest of the way? I know that all you care about right now is Lehigh, and then singing second over the weekend. But, you know, you, you've been around this team more than anyone. Um, you know, what, what's, the, what's the possibility this year? Well, our reasonable goal, like on, our goal that we've had for, I mean, honestly, since I've gotten here is to play in March Madness, play in, the, play in the tournament. And attaining that goal means that we got to win the Patriot League championship. And with the guys that we have this year, the depth that we have this year, um, I think it's no question that we have the ability to go and win that. But at the same time, 
um, just like Coach D says, we we take it game by game. We focus on the um, next most important thing. And so Lehigh is the next most important thing. We're going to be completely bought in for that game. And then um, when we finish that, we're focusing on Army. Second to last question, what's it been like to have some diversity in your schedule again? You know, last year with the pods, it turned into a little bit of, I wouldn't say it was boring, but you had the same old teams. And, you know, by the time Loyola sees you again and again and again, they they take it to us during the Patriot League tournament and deny us that dream that you talked about with the NCAA tournament. Now you've got the full Patriot League slate back. Has it been nice to kind of get these teams back? I mean, we didn't see BU once last year, and now we've already swept them. Right. Uh I, I think it's awesome. I love playing against the other guys on the other teams. Um, I I love the competition, but looking back at last year, it definitely was pretty repetitive. You got to make a lot of adjustments going into the game. Like we ended up playing Loyola four times in a row, and so three or four times in a row, and so um, it did get a little boring. It did get a little repetitive, but this year is 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 fun to be back on the road playing other teams, um, just having that full competition back. All right, and before I let you go, I have to ask. I'm going to ask you to prognosticate one last time. Number 14 uh, on the basketball team, kind of good, comes from a solid family, maybe not as athletic as older brothers possibly who are around, but, you know, what does the future portend for number 14, Cam Summers, and how proud were you when that basket went in the other night? Yeah, well, first off, I was extremely proud. I was a a very big – uh, proud big brother moment and i i just couldn't get the smile off my face it was fun to see him hit that shot and um he works extremely hard the future is bright for him um he is extremely coachable um loves to be around the guys so there's a there's a lot looking forward or there's a lot um for him moving forward and uh i'm excited to see and, and watch him and uh cheer him on all right ladies and gentlemen that was senior greg summers back from the hamstring injury, about to take on Lehigh and Army this week. Uh, uh, two very important home games to put some white space between us and that aforementioned Loyola team sitting there in second place. It all starts tomorrow night at Alumni Hall at 7 p.m. against Lehigh. Many thanks to Greg Summers. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Greg's head coach, Ed DeCellis. This is Sing Second Sports. A special thank you to our fall and winter sponsors, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis, and Academy Consulting. Thank you for your support. It's through their generosity that we're able to bring you Sing Second Sports each and every week. If you're interested in being a sponsor, drop us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Awesome to be joined now by Greg Summers, head coach, Ed DeCellis, uh, coach just brought uh, Navy right back from a pretty nice road trip um, going up and and completing the season sweep of a very tough BU team that was coming off of the heels of a difficult loss at home by 19 to Colgate. Uh, coach, number one, you, you've come on the pod so many times. It's really helped contextualize the last couple of seasons, which was which have been difficult because of covid so thank you, number one, for making the time. Number two, walk me through the last two games, you know, getting punched in the mouth against Colgate at home and then going up to BU, which has notoriously been a place where we do play well uh, and getting another win. How do you how do you summarize this? Well, <laughs> I wish I could have it all figured out for you. Uh, you know, we sit around this morning as a staff and we try to figure out what's best for us, what's best for our team, uh, because these games are coming fast and furious. We didn't play well last week against Colgate at all. We, we didn't do anything that we, we talked about doing. We didn't really follow the game plan. Uh, we played on our heels the whole game. Not sure why that is. Some guys have different philosophy. Uh, um you know, and, and so we didn't play well, and that's my responsibility to try to get us to play better. Um, no one, no one played well. We didn't shoot the ball well. We didn't defend. We didn't rebound. We didn't do all the things that we normally do. So all I know to do is went back to work and watch them video and point some things out and coach them. 
and coach them through it. And uh, we showed up on Sunday and against BU and, and the guys followed the game plan and they did a great job. Uh, Wags did a story on our bench before the Colgate game and our bench was no good for us. Uh, they didn't, they didn't want to be, they just weren't very effective. Uh, then it, you know, BU on a road, they were very effective. They came off, they scored points, they defended, we got loose balls. We, we did the things that those guys really have been very good most of the season. Uh, and so that helped propel us to a win against BU on the road. And, um, so that was positive. Um, I don't have the answer for midweek games, and uh, we have another one tomorrow. We have historically not played well in midweek games at home, at home. Um, I, I've talked to our guys till I'm blue in the face about it. Some of it is academics. Some of it is we're in class all day long. Uh, this year we get out even later. We have uh, our classes go till 3.30 in the afternoon. We don't get a formal shoot around like we do on the road uh, because guys are in class all day long. And so, um, you know, we don't make the connection until we meet at 3.30. We watch video. We have our pregame meal, and then we got to go play. Uh, so as a coach, I try to figure out, okay, why is that? And I don't have the answer. We keep searching for the answer. So, uh, I'll change some things up tomorrow. I might do some things at lunchtime, at least a walkthrough. And, uh, and so I can see their faces and um, kind of unify the group at lunch. And then hopefully we play better tomorrow night. Uh, but I can tell you historically here, and I've, you know, I, I just talked to one of my colleagues today on the phone uh, before I called you guy, Paul Costacopoulos, and he talks to me about, Baseball midweek games, the same thing for him. He doesn't feel like at times his team has performed up to up to a level of we like it to be. And uh, I don't think it's anybody's fault. Sometimes I just think it's the situation that we're in. And uh, so, boy, we got to break that cycle because we got other midweek games, and um, it's important for us to play better midweek. Absolutely. I, I had asked Greg this, and this is my last question before Wags takes it. It had been almost two years since you had seen Colgate. Um, we did not get them last year because of the oddities of the COVID pod scheduling. It had been almost two years since February 15th of 2020 since you had seen BU. Now you've already wrapped up BU this season. And you don't have to see them again unless we get them in the Patriot League tournament. You know, what, what's it been like for you, Coach, to get these teams back on the schedule, a little bit of that diversity, you know, having not seen teams like Colgate and BU the year before? Um, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes once I watch some tape and it, it um, you know, it's, it's the uh, – sometimes there's new, there's new faces that I haven't seen like last year's kids. I haven't seen them. Uh, same thing with Holy Cross. We played Holy Cross up there. Some of the guys we haven't faced before. So I had to watch a lot more stuff because I didn't, I didn't see their tendencies. I don't know them as well as individual players. Uh, BU, um, BU hasn't changed what they do. Colgate really hasn't changed what they do. Holy Cross has because they've had a new coach. And we haven't played them all that much, so we had to, we had to more in-depth there. But BU is running the same stuff they run. They got some of the same guys. They're a senior-laden team of McCoy and Mathone and Walter White, and, you know, it goes on and on. But we played against those guys, so we know them. We know their tendencies offensively. Um, Colgate. A little bit different, but we knew about records. We knew about Tucker Richardson. You know, we knew about Nellie Cummings. Um, so it's, you know, even though they have it on a schedule, you follow them, you watch them. Uh, but the new guys that are playing for those teams, we, we got to dwell into it a little more and focus a little more on video about what they do individually, what their tendencies are. Because as you mentioned, they don't, we haven't seen them. Uh, in over a year, um, 
but basically they do the same stuff. They really, they really aren't changing offensively and, and defensively. They're going to run the same sets and, and the same philosophy. Got it. Wax, go ahead. Good to see you, Ed. Well, uh, first and foremost, what was it like to have the full complement of players available finally at last <laughs> on Sunday? Yeah, that was interesting. Um, yeah, it was great to get Greg back. Uh, he was limited by minutes. Um, Josh Evans, our, our trainer, has come over and, and helped us. And uh, um, because Hannah, our trainer, took a new position and left last week. But Josh came over from football and just stepped right in and done a really good job for us. Uh, but he had worked Greg out and Coach Spade had worked Greg out. And so they, we came up with a plan and he, uh, he felt good during the game. Um, you know, I, I thought he did a really good job. He's, he wasn't sore yesterday. Uh, we got stuck up there in Boston. Uh, so he wasn't sore. I haven't seen him today yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing him shortly in the training room to see how he feels today. But if he can go, um, you know, then we've got pretty much everybody back. Uh, Mac McDonald turned his ankle last week, so he didn't he didn't go on a trip. He's home, but he's supposed to get back somewhat today, tomorrow. <coughs> but even though sometimes in the games, obviously you can't play by practices or just, you know, you don't have to move as many guys around in practice practice as well so i'm thankful to get them all back that's for sure and i'm hoping we can start to make some progress so what is your thought with regard to greg at point um i kind of yeah. had the feeling going into the season that austin inge would play point that way you keep greg where he's been accustomed to playing on the wing but it's worked out pretty well and you have a lot of other wings so you you, you know i guess you're always trying to get your best five players on the court. Um, what What's your thought? I mean, do you think you've settled in that Greg Summers is definitely the point guard and you can keep him there and use Austin as the backup? Or uh, yeah. are you thinking about yeah. trying some different combinations? Yeah, that's a good question. Austin was hurt all fall. He's still hurt. I mean, he played on Sunday and his toe was really uh it really gave him a lot of problems because he, he's got stepped on he got it jumped on he's got turf toe he's got a bruised bone in his big toe so it's really painful for him um so he hasn't been a hundred percent uh and so pj roach has done a nice job filling in as well but i think greg is um you know we spent so much time up there because austin didn't really practice most of the fall uh, and then in November, he just didn't, couldn't do much. So, you know, Greg just kind of settled in there and, um, and we've got some other guys that we could settle in at the wing spots now, whether it being Pat Dorsey's healthy now, and we can play Jalen Walker and Tyler together. So we've got some more options over there. So right now sitting here today, we're, you know, I can move Greg off the ball depending on matchups, Bill. Um, you know, as we look at those as well, who's guarding him and where. And uh, so we're going to continue to play him at the point, but there'll be times when you'll see him off the ball as well. So we're, it's going to be a little bit of, you know, best of both worlds, I think. And then last from me before I pass it on to Ward, um, with the depth that you have, and you're also, you got a lot of very long athletic Guys, Summers, uh, Carter, Jalen mm -hmm. Walker, Tyler Nelson. Um, do you think as we move forward in the season, you might, you know, extend your defense a little more, maybe press some ball teams? Um, Bill, were you in the staff meeting today? Were you, were you in our staff meeting somewhere and I didn't see you? No, I'm just an astute basketball observer. <laughs> and that's what I would do if I was the coach. Yeah, well, I'm not real bright. But, um, you know, that was, that was discussed at length again today. It's been a, it's been a discussion for, we had this discussion as a staff way back when, in, in October, getting into the season, then we had all these guys hurt. And so I pulled back on it and said, let's just get good at this. Let's just be really good in the half court. 
And then if or when we get guys back, we can try to extend this, you know, to guard the whole 90 feet of the court. Right now, let's just guard, you know, let's guard half the court. Let's guard 25 feet and in and be good at one thing. So you might see us, you might see us extend and, and pick up and try to use our depth a little more in that regard as well. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of my thinking that if we can continue to stay healthy, then we will try to mix it up and, um, make it a little more difficult to get people to get the ball from baseline into half court. Thank you. Hey coach. Uh, we've talked a lot about the show or on the show about the, the deaf piece wags just mentioned it there. And I think it really came to light with Greg's absence um, folks stepping up. Daniel Deaver comes to mind. It looks like he's mm -hmm. really gained a lot of confidence year over year since, since last year, particularly um, not to get ahead of, yourself and and the season but how does this team feel to you relative to some of the other teams you've coached um because to our eye they look they look pretty special and and uh you know capable of of great things yeah ward I, first of all i'd say i think um this team really likes each other they spend a lot of time with each other uh, they're over here in the locker room hanging out all the time in the lounge. Um, another thing as a coach, you look at the guys come early, they stay late. So they like to hang with each other in the gym, which is a good thing. Um, but they general overall really trust each other. And I think you can see that on the court at times. We, we spend a lot of time about being a connected team connected on the floor offensively, connected on the floor defensively. Uh, but that connection on the floor has to happen off the floor before. Like, uh, if, if you're not connected off the floor, it's really hard to push it to be connected on the floor. So we, we really try to emphasize that uh, off the floor, and they've done a good job, and they really enjoy one another. I think we got a chance to be um, – you know, like I keep telling these guys, I'll tell you when you're good. We just continue to work and do what we need to do, but they're gaining confidence. They are a team that's gaining confidence. Um, and as I said to them after the Colgate game, you know, uh, failure can be successful if you learn from it. So that's when we went back to the video showing guys, showing a team what we did well, what we didn't do well. We failed. But failure can be successful if you learn from it. And so I thought we did a good job coming back, practicing on, on Friday and Saturday, leading into Sunday's game. We were, we, were, we were pretty good. We were focused. We had great energy. And we're able to win the game. So they've, uh, they've taken the coaching pretty well. Uh, which is a good thing because sometimes you get teams that are a little, um, I don't know what the word I'm, they're, 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 they, they get a little, uh, I call it sideways, but they don't, you know, it's, it's a, uh, you know, why are you, why are you getting on me kind of thing? And what I've tried to say to them is you got to be accountable to each other. When, when you guys take care of some of these things that I don't have to say, much about doing practice, that's when I know we'll, we'll become a good team. Take care of your own stuff. Somebody misses a block out, one of you guys should say, yo, we don't miss that block out. That's not who we are. Someone lets the ball get driven by him. Someone steps up in a positive way and says, hey, man, I know you can guard that guy. Keep the ball in front of you. So we're starting to get that, Ward, and if we get that, then I think we've got a really, really good chance to be special because accountability has to come within the team. It can't be the old guy barking at him constantly every day. Now, I can do that. Trust me. And I do do that. But when they start to buy into their own and hold each other accountable, that's what I think what makes teams special.
Yeah, you you can definitely see that that coach that uh, there's not a lot of freak out when things get, you know, borderline out of control over the course of any given game. Um, everybody's sort of stoic, um, and and that really is uh, the mark of a of a mature team. And as you say, they they it is obvious they like each other. Um, I'll put like in quotes, um, but that is an intangible. Uh, that that should be leveraged and you have leveraged and and so congratulations on that and uh you know we're looking forward to obviously lehigh and and army and and what we can do beyond this uh, it really yeah. feels special especially in the wake as we've said of a uh you know not awesome football season to when the you know when the venn diagram overlapped in the early part of the season it was a pleasure to watch the basketball team because the energy was great and the chemistry and, and the, the depth of talent, it was really refreshing to me. And we, we remarked on this, you know, uh, and, and so that, that's kind of what we look for. Um, and hopefully this translates into, into success, you know, Patriot league and, and, and March Madness, et cetera. As Greg mentioned, those are his goals. It would be awesome if he was able to reach these goals. Yeah. No question. Like I, I look forward to going to practice every day. Every single day I look forward to going to practice. I got to be honest with you, after 25 years or 26 years as a head coach, there's sometimes teams that go, oh, I got a battle again today. Like we battled. Every day was a battle. This team is – this team wants to do it. They are – they got that fiber to them. And uh, it's a pleasure going to practice, and they've given me a pretty good effort just about every day in practice that I've asked for. Um, so those are, you know, I appreciate your comments. It's been a good group to be around. It's been a good group to coach. Um, you know, our staff has done a really, really good job. And, um, you know, so I'm hoping these kids continue to grow and develop and, uh, and we get better and we continue to get better and better. That's what that's what the job is to try to push them to become better and better. And uh, so we'll 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 see. We got a big week. We got home last night. We missed the yesterday's prep day, uh, sitting in the hotel waiting for our, our flight. But uh, hopefully they'll be uh, ready to go today at practice, and and we'll get something done. That. Back to you, John. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Coach Ed DeCellis. Uh, we wish him and Greg Summers good luck as they prepare for a pretty big week against third place Lehigh uh, and uh, then Army over the weekend. Stick with us. When we come back from the break, we'll have our next segment. All right, Navy fans, as we said, it is basketball week on the pod. And that's because the Army-Navy rivalry is renewed this weekend on the hardwood when the midshipmen host the Black Knights in a basketball doubleheader this Saturday, January 22nd at Alumni Hall in Annapolis. The women tip off at 11 a.m. with the men following at 1.30 Both contests will feature a halftime performance by the nationally acclaimed Firecrackers Jump Rope Team. Tickets are 20 bucks and available now at NavySports.com. That's Army-Navy basketball and all the excitement that goes with it this Saturday, January 22nd at the Naval Academy. Get your tickets today at NavySports.com. And if you're going to Army-Navy basketball or any basketball game, make sure that you have the latest Under Armour sideline apparel and replica jerseys by clicking on the shop tab at NavySports.com. All of your favorite Navy hoodies, polos, and t-shirts are just one click away. So go to NavySports.com backslash tickets, get those Army-Navy tickets, and then go to the online store and get the latest swag. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Awesome to hear from Greg Summers and Ed DeCellis and break down a little bit more uh, of what this week is for men's basketball. Again, as a reminder, we're going to be bringing you the women's basketball special preview, hopefully breaking down a midweek victory for them and as a preview for their big game against Army on Saturday morning. So before we take this baby out, we are now past Martin Luther King Day. Uh, really, the next uh, the next item on the horizon in terms of quality of life is spring break for the mids. 
with the exception of a very random President's Day holiday. So, you know, Ward and Chris Cervello, if you can, enlighten us. As for an athlete, whether an intramural warrior or a D1 athlete, what exactly the Dark Ages, you know, deliver and what you think these Dark Ages are going to be like for this particular group of midshipmen ward as you have a lot of interface with them through USNI. Um, is this officially like the toughest time of the year, athlete or non-athlete between Martin Luther King Day and spring break? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the expression dark ages uh, is, is accurate. Um, and you framed it just right. You know, days are short. Uh, you're trying not to bust your ass going between Bancroft and, and class. Um, Omicron hasn't helped with respect to trying to maintain some semblance of a normal intercollegiate life. Uh, I remember very much uh, being gripped with depression uh, during this time of year. And as you suggest, uh, spring break is when, you know, the, the flowers start to come out and the sun shines and you figure that maybe you just might be able to make it after all. I was a field ball warrior, which did save my sanity. Uh, the, we had a great field ball team. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the, the walk over to Hospital Point every day, we'd solve all the world's problems going to and fro. But I remember many days, particularly plebe year, looking out of the window up in uh, Nimitz at frozen College Creek and just wondering what the hell I'd done with the choices I'd made in life, you know, and so... Yeah, this is a this is a challenging time with respect to, you know, the D1 athletes who are in season, obviously, to a great degree, their mood is set by outcomes on the field of competition. And uh, so let's imagine that folks like Greg and Coach DeCellis will be of good cheer uh, by the time by the time uh, we get to this time next next week and beyond. Yeah, seeing second always makes people feel better. Chris? I guess I didn't have the same dark ages experience. We were very lucky. We had a very good basketball team the four years that I was there. Um, and I, I went to a lot of games, as did a lot of mids. So, you, you know, you you heard the coach talk about midweek games and, you, you know, how hard that was. I, I would say during our, the dark ages for us, we relied on midweek games as a, as a boost. Um, and and um, it, it made it um, so that it was bearable. We looked forward to those games midweek. We looked forward to the games on Saturday. Um, and that kind of kept us going. I, again, I was very lucky. My parents lived close. My dad made it to a lot of those midweek and weekend games. So that helped me get through it. But you just have to find something, I think, you know, whether it's field ball, whether it's going to basketball, um, you know, whatever the case may be, but, you know, get, just get through it. And then, yeah, as Ward said, once Annapolis starts to bloom, uh, everything, uh, seems to be all right again. Yeah. It's always more enjoyable when you're watching Mike Heary drop 25 points on Lehigh. Yeah. That's different dark <laughs> ages than what Ward had, I guess. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> well, Chris, anything else from you, uh, before we take this baby out? Hey, I was struck by the coach's comments about midweek games and not, you know, you sensed a lot of concern there in his voice, maybe more than he, that's what I love about coach Sichelis when he talks to you guys is that he's very candid, but um, I was kind of surprised to hear that. I, I don't know if that's a new thing. You know, he mentioned that Costi shared the same, but uh, just kind of a data point for our, our listeners um, as to the types of conversations and the types of insight that you're able to get when you talk to these coaches. But when you're in the throes of the conference season and you've got a midweek game on top of taking dirt or double E or, you know, celestial navigation, I mean, no, none of these athletes want the, the four of us to sit here and make excuses for them. They'd never accept it. But I think there's merit to that. I think it's a tough, tough gig. Any uh, reason to disagree with that, Wax? No, I think you're 100% correct. I mean, I think the, the struggles during midweek games is a direct product of the challenges at the Naval Academy. And Coach DeCellis just told us that he's not even getting his players until later in the day. Um, you know, I don't think when Loyola has a evening home basketball game that those players are doing anything starting at about 11 in the morning. So it's the Naval Academy. and the grind of the Naval Academy and the fact that you're in classes up until 
just a couple hours before you're supposed to play a basketball game makes it tough. I'll tell you one thing, and I hope that members of the brigade are listening to this podcast. One way to give the men's basketball team a boost for a midweek game is to show up. You know, I've, there'll be a great crowd there on Saturday for Army-Navy, but what about Wednesday for Lehigh? Well, show up and help lift these guys uh, on, you know, when they're trying to get through a tough week and they got to play a midweek game against a tough opponent. Uh, show up and uh, give them a boost. Absolutely agree. Um, a great opportunity for locals and for midshipmen to come out and see a great product. No disrespect to teams from the past, but I truly do agree that if you want to put your eyes on a program that's going to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time since Mike Heary was wearing the uniform, watch this team and with your support, I know that that will be the end state for them. And we'll be watching them on CBS uh, take on one of the Blue Blood programs. I don't care if they're a 16, a 15, or whatever. Um, I truly do believe that this team is talented enough to get there. So we'll see how the week plays out. We'll promise to give you the updates and all the scoop. Please follow Bill Wagner and his Capital Gazette handle on Twitter for all the latest uh updates from the Capitol Gazette and his sports column. Follow Ward for YouTube entertainment. You can follow me if you don't want to be entertained. Uh, you take your life in your hands there. For Ward and Wags and Chris, I'm John. Thanks for listening to Sing Second Sports. Until Friday, we're out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show, and from time to time will be part of the podcast segment.